1: Ah uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Triple J representing Monday Night Raw Wrestling Inc. After show, Justin Labar, Jack Farmer, Jimmy Corderis holding it down, fellas. We got a really interesting episode to break down here, so I don't want to get wait too long, but I always like to let people settle in and find their seats first. But just a simple, how you doing, Jimmy? What have you been up to?
2: Ah, you know, up here in Canada, here in Toronto, it's been extremely warm. So we've been kind of enjoying it, but if it wasn't so humid, it would be a lot more fun. And this is of course the, the unfortunate year where we have an issue with our swimming pool and I'm not trying to rub it in there, but it, it <laughs> needs, a, it needs a new liner. And with the situation, the way it's been with the, the pandemic and stuff like that, you just can't get the parts they can't get the new liner in it's on back order, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, not for me, my wife enjoys the pool more than I do, but at the same time, I could have used it.
1: It's hard to get pool parts up at the top of the ivory tower that Jimmy
0: Corderas
1: <laughs> sits in, yeah. in Canada. Mm.
0: Justin, what have you been up to? How's your week? How was your weekend? Well, not as troubled as referee royalty on top of the Greek mountain, uh, there is <laughs> as, as Jimmy, but uh you know it, it's been a weekend. I'm enjoying uh, you know, I can't believe it's it's I can't believe it's August 8th already, almost August 9th here in a few minutes. Like Time's moving fast, but um, all in all, everything's good. I, you know, I gotta say, and this, and, and people might say, "Oh, you sound like such a dork," but this is, this is what it is when, when pro wrestling is this much a part of uh, our lives, and you know, mm-hmm. and we are taking notes, and we are, we're up at different hours, and and we travel, and, and when we do these things. When there are simple things like just a change into the guard, like there is now, and there's just just such a a new energy. Uh, I gotta mm-hmm. say, it really does change some of my days. Um, it makes Mondays a little more exciting. To, where I, again, I, I'm gonna—I'll say it each week as long as it's relevant. And hopefully, it stays relevant for years to come. Mm-hmm. I just feel like, man, more is possible. Anything's possible. I don't know what I'm gonna get tonight. I—we mm-hmm. I, 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 we joked about it, and we'll get into it when we get to Raw. Uh, I gotta keep—I gotta be on my toes because they're throwing a little bit more at us, mm-hmm. and, and, and stories are being developed without being just. You know, screaming in your face, and it it, 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 this really is a fun time. And then, never mind the news that happens outside of the two or three hour programming uh, that we get on each day from the different uh, companies. You know, a lot of rumors, a lot of, a lot of happenings happen in the, in the front office and in, in the rumor mill. So, it's this really is a fun, fun time to be doing what we're doing. Uh, and, you know, I've been doing this since 2010. Um, it's it's long overdue because, you know, there's been so many years where it's been stagnant and it feels so good to have just such fresh uh, energy uh, in, in the wrestling world.
1: There, were, To your point, there were so many things that happened. And we'll get into them throughout the night that I thought mm-hmm. if this was two weeks ago or three weeks ago or whatever, I would have been like, okay, I know how this is going to go. I'm going to go start making some dinner or something. I'll come back before the end of this match where mm-hmm. this week, and we were talking about before we got on air, as you mentioned, We couldn't get away because like I couldn't get away because I was like I'm gonna miss something. In fact, we were talking about how you have to wait. What happened there? Let me double check here. Let me rewind. Let me see. Just make sure that I didn't miss something. And it's just such a cool, such a cool thing to be able to, as you said, to be as a wrestling fan to be this excited about what's going on and things feel like they matter and matches feel like they they have a point and a rhyme and a reason to them. It's just. It's been super fun. I'm I'm so glad this is happening all around. What a great time to be a wrestling fan.
2: It is. And, it's, and, and we're not just talking about what's happening in WWE. We're talking about across the board. You know, it, 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 I hate these barriers that people put up. I'm a fan of this company. I'm a fan of that company. Break those down. It, it's become like politics where I don't care what color the lawn sign is that you are running for. As long as you are uh, giving me something to get invested in, regardless of uh, what side you belong to, I'm interested. I'm watching. Sure, I can critique everything, you know, to the, to a certain degree, which I do. But uh, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, I'm I'm trying to watch it from two different angles. I'm trying to watch it as an analyst and as a fan.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're building to Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend. Yeah. And this is going to be the first time WWE and AEW go head. Well, not not directly head to head, but you know, a day apart at least on the mm-hmm. same weekend mm-hmm. uh, of of the second. Premium live event under Triple H's watch, the first in the UK in 30 years. So so much, uh, you know, uh, you know, so much pomp and circumstance surrounding that with the Clash of the Castle, and then you know, all out, you know, which has been, you know, which has been the origin, the bedrock for for the concept for the you know for the conception of of, of AEW. So like this is just what a time right now. What a time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm
1: very excited, and uh, we do have some news that broke, we always like to start with some news. Speaking of changes over at WWE, uh, it has been reported that John Laurinaitis has been released from WWE. Uh, in response to a follow-up from PW Insider, several sources in the company confirmed the ousting of the disgraced executive, saying that the now former EVP of Talent Relations was quietly let go sometime within the last week, with no date known beyond what is described as a very small circle. Um, This is, uh, and Justin, I'll I'll go to you with the the news. This doesn't feel like it was that shocking to hear. It was really more of a matter of waiting until it gets confirmed, but now it is, and it's just another very big name that's been around for a very long time in WWE, no longer there.
0: Yeah, as you just kind of said, it, it was inevitable. You know, when these reports started coming out about these investigations, uh, it, it was inevitable. I mean at, at the very start of these reports and investigations coming out and being published uh, earlier this summer, you know I know a popular thought was John La will be the the, the the fall guy, if you will. He will be the one that that suffers the consequence and and, and, and any accusations being made towards Vince he will somehow beat them, as, as Vince has been able to survive a lot of controversy uh, in, in his life, as one is going to be, if you're in the entertainment business for as long as he is, and, and a billionaire, and there's always going to be things that are going to come up. So the fact that Vince retired and stepped away, Johnny's not going to just get through this on the other side and still be there. So it was inevitable, and it's probably the reason, I would have to imagine the reason why it didn't happen sooner, The the official word of him being Gone. It was just certain protocols of internally investigations or, 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 or policies that they wanted to just kind of, you know, properly close the books on this. Uh, whatever that means, because I don't even know what that fully means, because this is such a murky situation. Who knows uh, how he gets sent out the door in terms of pay and severances? and I, I don't know. But it was inevitable. And um, again, uh, re new new energy to the... You know, Next chapter,
1: Jimmy. As someone who's been there in WWE and for a long time, and has seen a lot of big names come and go, even in the executive spots, uh what does that mean to someone who works there and that that is part of the show? Seeing a name like this go now, obviously, some big, you know Vince being leaving is probably obviously always going to be the biggest of the things there, and kind of be the gravity that pulls all the attention to it. But John Laurinaitis was a big name backstage, clearly mm-hmm. a big name there. What is someone like him leaving for whatever the reason? How how was that typically felt backstage?
2: Uh, there was probably two schools of thought because John Laurinaitis, uh, to be honest with you, was a little bit of a polarizing figure uh, backstage because some talent found him to be a little bit un- uh, not approachable and not. While others thought, you know, the world of him, you know, be, nobody is liked by everybody, mm-hmm. and, and and John un- unfortunately had that reputation of being a yes man to Vince and that kind of what you know all that sort of stuff but uh, mm-hmm. at the same time his him being uh, named in this investigation that's going on in a lot of people's eyes perception is reality so regardless of whether the accusations are true or not I can't speak to them because mm-hmm. I don't know but still perception is reality and if he were to stick around then obviously there would be you know Vince for someone who works as hard as vince twenty twenty two twenty four hours <laughs> a day uh, on his thing to step away the, the way he did if you know, yeah, like I, I love how Justin did the air quotes, but the, yeah, stepping back, um you, you knew it was inevitable for John. I'm just surprised that it was as quiet uh, as they made it there 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 wasn't a big fuss about it, maybe because you know vince Vince stepping down is such a big deal, so. Uh-uh. You know, quietly having John step back. I think it was inevitable. And and, just and, part of business.
0: And with Johnny Ace, you know, um, as you said, Jimmy, you were there. But you know, polarizing. You know, depending on what tales you want to hear, has a certain reputation for how he was with certain people and talent. What, what's interesting though about it is that uh, I mean, this this kind of digs into personal side of things. So it's not really mu- there's not much for us to analyze other than just to just say. Yeah or nay, but it is reality, which is, you know, Johnny is not just on an island of his own as it relates to the wrestling business. I mean, he he in the last couple of years he ended up marrying the mother of the Bella Twins. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you know, of course they are forever going to be part of the WWE family. They were just featured on the biography series. They're you know they're uh, they're not in the Hall of Fame yet. I'm sure they will be eventually. um You know, Brie, of course, in real life, married to Brian Danielson, who. Only a on competition mm-hmm. you know so it's like there's just it's a very we it's a it's a it's a situation i'm sure it's one that one day probably many years from now a documentary will be made or some some documentary will be made that this will be some chapter in you know again maybe a change of the guard in the, the wb or the business or what have you but it, there's a lot to unpack again it's a lot of personal lives a lot of stuff that's not our business but it is at least relevant to bring up and say um, this affects more than just one person. Right.
1: Well, speaking about documentaries showing these kind of dark sides of things that happen in pro wrestling, according to Sadler. Variety, Seven <laughs> Bucks Productions, a company founded by Dwayne The Rock Johnson producer Danny Garcia, will team up with the producers of Dark Side of the Ring for a new documentary series on Vice called Tales from the Territories, putting a spotlight on the original promo- uh, regional promotions that originally popularized pro wrestling in the United States. The series is scheduled to premiere on October 4th uh, at 10 p.m. Eastern. The trailer can be seen now and features interview clips from Abdullah the Butcher and Bret Hart. Thanks for acknowledging that segue, Justin. I was pretty proud of that. That was very good. (laughs) But uh, yeah, Um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Dark Side of the Ring teaming up. Jimmy, I feel like, Dark Side of the Ring was putting together some absolutely incredible uh, documentaries. And Dwayne The Rock Johnson seems to knock it out of the park every single time he does anything. Mm -hmm. This feels like an absolute slam dunk pairing.
2: It's almost like a no-brainer putting these two together because the guys at Vice did a wonderful job with their Dark Side of the Ring presentation. And uh, as someone who was a part of the Dark Side of the Ring presentation, uh, unfortunately in the Owen story, but still... Uh, I was treated so, with so much respect by the by the people at Vice and uh the, I'm looking forward to this 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 series on the territories I I'm, I'm curious to see which territories they actually do do mm-hmm. uh pieces on and who knows we may see some familiar faces pop up from time to time on these things
0: well that's what's great about I love how the, their style rather than like doing like the uh you know, like you used to watch, like, Unsolved Mysteries. He used to watch, or, or Americans Wanted. And they they do the reenactments. And they try to find people, they try to find actors that could, you know, be resembled uh, to the real people. I like how in Dark Side of the Ring, or this this style format that these guys do, that it's, you know, silhouette. And, you know, they, they, they like to play lighting tricks. Because, you know, it brings hope for all of us. Any three of us could be behind the silhouette <laughs> and could partake. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives great. I mean, I mean, you know, Jack's obviously movie star good looks. Who's going to hide his face and hair? Right. You but, need you need <laughs> more light on this, but Jimmy. <laughs> you and I, we can hide behind the silhouette <laughs> shadows, and, and, and we could be part of a seven bucks production. So,
2: well, yeah, as long a- as long as that that light isn't too bright, <coughs> <laughs> <coughs> <laughs> cause a glare. No,
0: it's, oh. it, this is exciting. I mean, uh, you know, the dark side of the ring thing was certainly a hit. It, um, you know, and but I, I did wonder what the what the end game was, like what the sh- you know how many. It's not how many like dark stories are there in pro wrestling can there can we tell because unfortunately there is a, a wormhole of mm-hmm. uh, of tales but it's mm-hmm. also like how many can you fill an hour with or two hours mm-hmm. or whatever the case would be how many can you get people that are can go on the record how, we, how many have people that are still alive and or that we can locate that can go on the record and mm-hmm. so it's kind of nice that it's branching a little a little more broader to tales of the territory which can be interpreted that doesn't have to be a negative It doesn't have to be dark side mm-hmm. it could be. You know, uh, just a great showing of, I think, well, I think they even knew the word of the trailer perseverance, um, you know, you know, so I, I, that I like this move. And then of course, you know, you're attaching Dwayne, the rock Johnson. I mean, you're, you're attaching Hollywood's leading man um, and his production company. Uh, you know, he, he's got the Midas touch. So, yeah.
1: And he has the ability, I think, to get people who are really great to be a part of it. I mean, uh, I don't know what budgets are going to look like or anything like that. But if if The Rock calls someone up and says, hey, do you want to be in this? You may not need to pay him as much if it's The Rock making the phone call because everything The Rock does is big budget. But like you guys said, I mean, the, the idea of territories wrestling, even if you don't watch wrestling or know anything about wrestling, just that world is just a tapestry of things that you could make great stories out of that are interesting it's such an interesting thing and dark side of the ring i actually i have friends that aren't interesting at all but they would watch dark side of the ring because the stories were so interesting and so fascinating and they were so um, captivated by those so yeah hopefully we get some some positive stories out of it but yeah even their stories that they would do on dark side of the ring that i felt like i'd seen a million times and i already knew inside now i would watch and go this is fascinating. I know how it ends, but I'm fascinated by this story. Uh, so very cool to see them, and I'm excited to see how that uh, plays out. Um, something that started as a little bit of a dark side of the ring and, and now seems to have a brightness to it is uh, Karrion Cross. He's coming back. He already came back to WWE. He attacked Drew McIntyre, took out uh, the, the Scottish warrior, and then said tick-tock to the tribal chief. And uh, apparently Triple H bringing him back in is, uh, is going to be something, uh, a bit of a redemption project uh, from his point of view. As according to Fightful, Triple H was dismayed by the way Cross and Scarlett were handled on the main roster by Vince McMahon and company last year. As he was a big supporter of the duo, a fact that likely led to their return on SmackDown and Cross's apparent positioning as a top star from the jump. According to a separate report from PW Insider, the duo had been in constant conversation with WWE about coming back to the company since their release, and Triple H is envisioning Cross as the number two heel on SmackDown mm-hmm. next to Reigns. So, um, big, big positioning there. Uh, I think uh, we've we've got some caring Cross fans here tonight, and Justin, mm-hmm. I, I think I was saying I can't remember if I said it here or somewhere else, but it's it's kind of felt like Cross has. Didn't sign anywhere because he was sort of waiting for the comeback. I think he knew that at some point he'd get back in. Here seems to be the case, and it looks like it's all systems go for him.
0: Yeah, we did talk in the past about how it was interesting that he you know, was kind of playing his cards, not you know, not just jumping into the next big contract that he could he could get. We, we noted how he had turned down the offer to have the appearance on AEW where he would uh, have lost to at the, the spot that that, that big cast, uh, W. Morrissey, took uh, some months ago. And then well, I think we talked about it last Monday, in fact. And then, you know, four or five days later, uh, mm-hmm. he appears on SmackDown. And, you know, look, this uh, – I'm happy. I, I really, you know, uh, there's a lot of talent that I've enjoyed watching the last couple of years, and, and several of them have been released and, you know, maybe could come back. But this – he really – I hitched my wagon hard to the carrying Cross and Scarlet. That's a key. And Scarlett mm-hmm. uh, presentation. Uh, and, I, and I think Triple H had the same. I, you know, Triple H handled him with such care – made him as NXT world champion just really protected and booked him so even even the even the uh, approaching debut of carrying Kross on NXT TV with Scarlett was a lot of like take a look in the background pay attention to little Easter eggs a theme which we'll touch on tonight it was it was slow playing storytelling um, and then when he got there you know the music the entrance it was nothing like we had seen it had sucked that it wasn't in front of you know, it was it was basically in front of in the closed set um it, it seemed like a triple h project that he was very passionate about kind of just got ripped out of his hands you know, of course we all can remember the the carrying cross to raw very abrupt change of gear losing to jeff hardy on the you know just a lot of things uh so i'm not surprised that maybe one of the first little bits of uh things you know as 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 as, as paul Levesque moves into his office and is rearranging some of the things. And, oh, I like this picture over here. Oh, the globe can go over here. Or Let's bring the temperature down to here. I'm not surprised that one of the things on his checklist uh, is to maybe, oh, this guy that I, that, that my project here, he's a free, I can get him. I'm in charge now. And, oh, by the way, I can infuse him on Friday. Oh, by the way, I can infuse him and, and insert a number two heat. like, get him on the phone. And, and so I'm, I'm thrilled by this. And I'll be honest. If, if what's Jimmy, if what we think is going to happen, this adds a whole new level of energy to the clash of the castle because no disrespect to Drew, but this kind of felt a little, you know, just manufactured. Okay, we got to have Drew, um, you know, we're, we're in, in Europe, let's, let's let's get some European uh, talent, uh, you know, over, put him in the main event. It's certainly long overdue. Drew, of course, carried the flag during the pandemic, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This felt a little just manufactured. I was kind of like, well, this is a premium event, but I, how invested am I going to be in this? But now, if we're mm-hmm. adding a wrinkle of Karrion Cross, mm-hmm. that, is, that, is, that just opens up the creative floodgates.
1: Karrion mm-hmm. Cross seems like we, we talk about certain guys that feel like they were drawn up in a Vince McMahon lab. Karrion Cross feels like he's drawn up in a Triple H lab with the, the music and the style and everything. It feels like mm-hmm. I, I know the ages don't really match up, but it almost feels like this is like the son of Triple H in the way he's presented, you know, with the leather jacket and the cool music and everything like that. Uh, Jimmy, I want to ask you the 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 uh, spicy question, though. Um, AEW sometimes gets a lot of flack for pushing people into that main event spot without letting the viewers really know who they are. Mm-hmm. Do you think that maybe WWE is doing something a little similar with Karrion Kross not really being as well-known, yet suddenly showing up and being in that main event spot?
2: No, because they don't do it often at all. It's very rare that you will see somebody just move up, let's say, get called up from uh, NXT and put in that position. They usually get built up to get put in a position like that. It takes time, and uh, that's one of the things i got to give WWE credit for is usually it's a slow burn for them. They tell the story, they take their time to tell the story. With this one, the comeback was a big issue and it made an impact, a direct impact. And one of the beautiful things I love about it was there was no report that day is, Kerry Across is at SmackDown today. We're going to see him tonight. It was kept under everyone's hat. So hats off to everyone who did that. And with him, it works because there's something special there. And I think the audience that watched it on Friday night, even the ones that weren't really familiar with him, said, hey, There's something about this guy that we Mm got to keep an eye on. And to Justin's point earlier about going into the uh, clash at the castle—is that what it's called? Clash at the castle. Clash the castle. Yeah. Yep. These names are, you know, quake by the lake or mistake by the lake, (laughs) whatever you want to call them. Um, These names sometimes get to me, but it, it opens a lot of minds up to possibilities on 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 the fan side of. What could possibly happen in this match? If it was just Drew versus Roman, people are going to assume, well, yes, it is in the UK, but Roman's going to find a way to win because they're building up to WrestleMania, blah, blah, blah. So there is a lot of, "Ah, I I can't see Drew winning. Now with Karen Cross, if he's thrown into the mix, that opens up a lot of questions in people's mind. Hey, they can get away with this if this happens. They can get away with this because there's another person added to the match. You don't have to pin Roman Reigns. You don't have to pin Drew McIntyre. You know what I mean?
0: And there's and there and there's still technically two physical world title straps. Yes.
1: Now, do we know is this one for both or is this one for one at Clash the Castle?
0: Uh, well, well, I don't think it's been. I don't think it's known, and again, at this moment, Cross is not added to that. And this is all just right. kind of us doing it's speculation, speculation, yeah. booking. Uh, but just all these factors come into play of a third person. So that means somebody can lose the match without being pinned, and and mm-hmm. Reigns, and him and Heyman are walking around two physical title belts. So there's just a lot of like exit strategies. We'll say,
2: right,
1: right. You know, Jimmy, to your point, mixing up all these names. I gotta say. Castle by the Lake actually sounds like a delightful time, but uh, <laughs> I digress. Uh, let's, let's get into this show. Uh, before we do, though, I do want to take a second to say a thank you to everyone who is liking, commenting, sharing, subscribing, five-star reviewing, and, of course, everyone who's live with us in the chat. No Bueno Crew, David, Holly, Baby Ice, Dylan, Matthews, Steven Camp, Two Pro, Foru Games, Ashley, Heslop Heenan, Manish Malu, Film Nation Wrestling Fan, Dream Realm Studios,
0: Cleveland Rocks. Hey, were you in uh, at the show, by the way, Cleveland? Uh, Manish uh, watching in in the early morning from India.
1: Manish oh, wow. coming through in the morning, wow. from India. Shout out uh, Sergio as well, uh, and everyone else. Uh, sorry, I can't get through to every every name here, yeah. but um, uh, Bradley, Pat, and George there, and uh, Blue, uh, where'd it go? Uh, Eddie and Augie. Wow, a lot of people th- coming mm-hmm. through. David, Tuck, yeah. uh Blue Chew. Thank you all for uh, for being in the live chat. Cool. Let- Chris Bickin Brick, Chris Bricks. Thank you so much for being here too. I, I saw that one as well. Yeah um uh let's get into this but michael uh martinez right before we get in there at the age of 40 attending my first wrestlemania any tips advice do's or don'ts for that weekend as tickets go on sale this week love that show love the show uh hmm. wow this is actually an interesting awesome. crew to get some uh some advice yeah. from for wrestlemania hmm. I, I believe now jimmy you've probably been to the most WrestleManias, <laughs> but you were working on yeah. any insider <laughs> advice for what people should do
2: Ah, I wish I could give him advice because I I really haven't bought ever a ticket for WrestleMania. So, I, I, but at the same time, I would get it as early as possible because it is it's going to be in LA. Yes, it is going to be probably two nights, right? If I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, uh, you know, it you have to decide if you're going to attend both shows, both nights, uh, one show, and if you're going to attend one show, which you want, which one you do you want to attend and that sort of thing but do it early get it done and just make sure you've got your plans all set in place despite the fact that you know it is wrestling and cards subject to change and that means uh especially uh, your travel stuff you have to make sure that your travel so you got your hotel booked and all that stuff just make sure you're uh, unless you're a native of la and that way don't worry about it
1: don't worry about it i'm just i gotta book an uber that's all I'm doing. There you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Justin, you've been to a couple of them. How uh, any any advice for a newcomer to WrestleMania?
0: Yeah, no, uh, Michael, it's awesome. Uh, I've been to over a dozen Manias as a mix of a fan or or also working. Um, a lot of things. I mean, first of all, if you're if you're domestic, if you're in the U.S., you know you can probably piecemeal do your flights, do your hotels, what have you. If you are international, if you're coming from outside of the U.S. I strongly recommend take advantage of whatever packages WWE puts out. They have travel packages where they will – it's kind of like an all-inclusive where you pay your, your, the price and they book your flight, hotel, hotel um, – flight, hotel, access, some of, the other, some, mm. some of the other events they do. It's kind of nice because it just kind of does all the work for you. Again, if you're not from the U.S. and you don't know where to fly into, where to stay, drive, you know, it, it, it just it, – from all the international fans I've talked to, it seems to be that – Uh, if you are traveling, if if you're coming, if you're going to the show, uh, depending on how big of a person you are, how tall you are, you coming with kids, (laughs) what have you, uh, I would not buy on the floor unless you were going to be, uh, in a significant spot. That meaning uh, if you're within the first 10 rows ringside, maybe you get a really cool spot near the stage to see the entrances. Otherwise, if you're going to be 15, 20 more rows or whatever, back on the floor, that can be difficult. Uh, from a sight standpoint and experience the first time at that point I would say get in the lower bowl get off the floor get in the first uh, lower bowl you will be eye level with the hard camera you will see things really well you know no you're not going to be slapping hands with any wrestlers they're not going to fight near you probably if they go into the crowd but you'll have a really nice viewing experience also pick where you are in the bowl where you sit there's a big gamble sometimes you will get a deal on seats but you will notice you are going to be at the corner posts you are going to be somewhere either on the floor or the lower bowl facing a corner of the ring, one of the four ring posts. Mm -hmm. That is a big gamble. You are either going to get a seat that's going to work out and you'll be fine, or if you notice, because when they're at the stadiums, they have giant scaffolding pillars that have to hold up. If the the stadium does not have the dome closed, or depending on different logistics, they have to build the scaffolding from the ground up, all the lighting. Mm And so they have these giant poles. And I remember in Miami, the year they had the rock scene on the first time, it was giant palm palm trees, fake palm trees. And they were so damn wide, they blocked a, a section worth of people's view, and people couldn't see part of the ring. I've even been in the situation where they, didn't, they ended up relocating me and putting me in the hard camera section. I sat next to Macaulay Calkin. It, so it's a gamble. You might get relocated and upgraded, but it's not a guarantee. So I always say, watch things that seem to be too good to be true if they're too cheap and try to be straight on to the ring on one of the the, the, the sides. Uh, usually it's three sides. So uh, all things to consider, but all in all, um, make the most out of it because it is something everybody should experience. Yeah. It is the one of the greatest spectacles in entertainment, and I've been to Super Bowls. I've been to Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. Uh, I've been to a lot of it, and it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a, a tremendous experience.
2: Oh, yeah, rubbing the Stanley Cup Final thing for sure, yeah. Right. yeah. I was there I mean, watching maybe. the Pittsburgh
0: Penguins. I, I didn't get to be there to watch my Capitals. I had to be – I've been to several ones. Uh, where the the oh, Penguins won after they beat my Capitals earlier <laughs> in the playoffs, so, so it was okay. kind of it was kind of like it, it was it was depressing something. Uh, yeah, I would say I don't know where you live, Michael, but
1: uh, here now L- I can tell you. Depending on how how far away you are, I'd say also add some days and make a trip out of it. L A is great. Mm-hmm. L A is great year round. So April it'll still be nice out, and I can tell you depending on how much wrestling you want to see uh maybe look around at the calendars because there's a ton of local wrestling happening out here in southern california and i guarantee you there's gonna be shows happening all over the place so if you want to check out local shows with it's probably great talent because they're all going to be in town also uh make some time for that but also otherwise just see the show and add a few days and go to the beach or go see disneyland or go see hollywood or whatever there's tons of stuff in southern california make a trip out of it yeah uh, is what i would say there um but I, I was thinking that just as a side note they they're talking about selling the tickets already speaking of time flying like I said, gee didn't wrestlemania just happen gee, where, where? they normally
0: they normally don't do they normally it's normally november where they do the special first on sale of packages so the fact that they're doing this now in august uh, mm-hmm. it, it is a little bit unprecedented yeah Uh, But uh, yeah, anyways, the
1: time is flying. Let's talk about this show. Uh, We start off with Bailey coming to the ring and ding dong. She says that she needed to shake up the division and they wanted to make the women's division hungry again. Uh, And they're going to start by winning the tag team titles. Alexa Bliss, Asuka and Bianca Belair come out and uh, they decide to have a three on three at Clash at the Castle. Uh, and Bianca with what was possibly line of the night for me saying, while you're trying to keep control, I'm looking to lose it. <laughs> which was, I just, that tickled me right off the top. Uh, Jimmy, I I have to give Bailey credit because she got that crowd totally against her, totally against her crew. Yet at the same time, we all know that everyone in that building was super excited to see Bailey, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky again, which I think it has to be, yeah, that that's challenging, right? Like Bailey deserves some
2: credit. Absolutely, she does, and that it just goes to show you how good she is. Is what she's doing as a heel, cutting a heel promo, you know, and and addressing the crowd. And I think that's one of the things we've seen changing over the last couple of weeks is the interaction with the audience, as opposed to uh, quote unquote sticking to your script and not veering off to the left or right a little bit. There was one point in the, in her promo where she uh, called her Sh- uh, Sharai instead of Sky. She called
1: her uh, Dakota Sky Sky.
2: instead of Dakota Kai. yeah, instead of Dakota Kai. And then she turned to the crowd and blamed those idiots, uh, quote unquote, for for getting her to mess up. It wasn't her fault. It was their fault. She blamed them. And of course, they booed and stuff like that. Some of it felt like old school heel promo uh, verbiage uh, when she called them idiots or whatever. And she she called the, the fans names. But at the same time, it worked. It, she was, you know, and like you said, people do want to cheer Bailey, kind of like they want to cheer Becky, but mm-hmm. at the same, but Bailey's getting booed, and and it's a testament to her because they want to like her so much, but they're, they're hating her right
0: now. No, you know what it felt like, Jimmy? Hmm. It felt like somebody getting to cut a promo and not having to memorize word for word.
2: Hmm. I mean,
0: that's what it felt like. Hmm. It felt like she got a few bullet points, and as you might, you, you get a little and then good on her. She just played off the crowd and put the, like this was And I have to just say overall, and this is my note for the, this opening segment was just uh, how great of a job. I know Bailey just returned, but how great of a job she has done Um, evolving. You know, she was so kind of, I don't want to say pigeonhole cause I, I cause I I'm on record and I, and I, and I've, I've up to this point been wrong. I was on record somewhere on the air of saying when she was the, Bailey and NXT, and the Bailey that then came to Raw and SmackDown. The you know the the the, the hugging, high fiving. You know, I thought, well, you know, maybe she has that kind of like to a lesser degree, but that John Cena formula. Maybe she will just be so kid friendly and positive, and making making wishes that you know that's just going to resonate. That's just going to be who she's going to be for the bulk of her career, and. Um, it wasn't a flop with her as that, but it it, it it the the Raw and SmackDown success just didn't have the same that she did in NXT. And she has reinvented and, and been this heel, she cut her hair, and she just has this whole other tone. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I just I, I applaud her to that because I, I gotta imagine for town. time that's kind of scary to have to do what she had to do to try to, like, all right, I made my bread and butter of getting over with the fans of, of being just being so fan friendly. And now you're going to mm-hmm. tell me to go out and be absolute opposite. You know, it's, it's. And so again, big, big, big props to her for embracing it and owning it the way she has. And this really is coming off strong. Yep.
1: Yeah. I actually, I got a tweet saying that actually from, uh, at deadpan jazz said, uh, it's frigging crazy to think there was a time when we all thought Bailey could never be anything but a face. Uh, it mm-hmm. is, it's true because when she was turning yeah. i was like i had the same thoughts and i i don't mean to compare but the same thoughts of when becky was trying to get us to boo her i was like come on we like you just quit quit trying to make me boo you we all like you but i feel that way with bailey but then she talks i'm like oh i hate her just someone shut her up already but like in a good you know in like the right way um and <laughs> Like I want to see Bianca shut her up. I want someone to just punch her in the mouth. It's it's fan. She's fantastic uh, at what she does here, um, and just very good. I thought in establishing that we're not supposed to like these three. But Justin, I, I have a uh, a question here. Is it weird that they're in the middle of a tag team tournament, but they're doing a triple like a three three on three match at Clash of the Castles? That kind of a weird mixed message, confusing setup.
0: Hmm. I I I know what you mean, but no, I I don't think so because I I think that, well, actually, put put this way, it, it, we I don't know how this tournament's supposed to space out time wise, mm-hmm. if if the I and they, I don't think they said it, if the idea is that the tournament is supposed to conclude at Clash of the Castle, then yes, because both sides have tag teams that are in the tournament, so if you're already making a match, then that's kind of like. Assuming that neither teams to be part of the finale, so, um, so I I guess on that point it could be weird, but um, no, actually I, I was again I was kind of just refreshed that like hey we're we're taking the time to not just throw together a match tonight just to kill a mm-hmm. bunch of segments we're gonna we're announcing a match that's gonna happen at the view pay- 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 pay, or premium live event that we're gonna promote to, but yeah I guess depending on how this tournament spaces out that would be the the indicator mm-hmm. is if it's weird or not is, is it supposed to be crowned at Clash of the Castle I don't know.
2: Yeah. That's the interesting question though And, and if it is uh, the finals of that tournament Supposed to end up at at Clash of the Castle Them having a six per, uh, six Woman tag Prior to that Or, or even post championship match Could be part of the story being told We don't know that uh, right. You know obviously we're assuming that Well if they're doing the, 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 the Three versus three match They're not going to be in the finals If the final match is to be held at the Clash of the Castle But then again it could be part of that story going forward. We don't know. So uh, I'm curious to see how that turns out. That's for sure.
1: We uh, we continue on, and we get Seth freaking Rollins in a match against Angelo Dawkins. And we get a shirtless Dawkins, which for some reason I felt I needed to know. Uh, uh, he goes to work, they're having a match. Eventually Montez gets emotional, and gets himself ejected. They continue to fight until Seth Rollins gets the win with the pedigree, but then hits the stomp after the match. Montez is back out there to chase off Rollins. Uh, Justin, there are a couple things I want to kind of pick from this. And uh, I, for as good as Dawkins, I, I'm a big Dawkins supporter, and he did great here. The The story beats were clearly between Montez and Seth Rollins here, were they not? They were, but I,
0: but I, I don't want to – let's not – uh, let's not leave out Dawkins here. I, I think that actually I made a note that I thought Dawkins. You know, we've been kind of talking about it, you know in the last few weeks that you know where he might have been the guy that's kind of taking the back seat to you know which star is going to have the breakout singles run. Uh, again, I thought he he looked great here. Uh, he, you know, Seth's not the biggest of the guys there, but he's not the smallest. And I made a note that like seeing Dawkins one on one, not a tag team match, is one on one against Seth. He really just towered over Seth. Uh, and then had the athleticism of the things that he does. Um, so again, you know, f- this might be just a successful uh, booking venture they're doing of elevating both of the Street Profits um, stocks. So when they do split, if mm-hmm. that eventuality happens, that, 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 that again, I always use it: neither of them becomes a the Marty Jannetty.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a big, I'm actually, I'm a huge Angelo Dawkins fan. I always say, cause people say that, you know, obviously the uh, entertaining one is Montez Ford, but listen to Dawkins on any podcast or things where he gets a chance to get talking. He's a funny and entertaining guy. Mm-hmm. I think he can
0: definitely be uh, get a little, he should get a little more credit. And that's term. what it's going. And that's what it's going to yeah. take. It's going to take uh, creating identities for, for each of them right now. We just know them both as street prophets. but it's going to be what is Montez Ford's background? What is mm-hmm. Dawkins' background? What is their interest? What are their special skills? That's what it's going to take. It's building identity to both of them. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. Now, Jimmy, the something that happened here, there's two things that happened. I guess I'll start with Montez. Montez, again, getting a little emotional, getting a little angry. We're seeing a more vicious mm-hmm. side of Montez Ford here. Um, is this maybe, you know, in the chat, I can I can see it. I can hear the whispers on Twitter. Yes, mm-hmm. I hear the whispers on Twitter uh, that maybe we're going to get a, uh, a a bad guy montez ford very soon do you think we're teasing that or do we think we're just montez is just trying to show a new side to himself
2: i think i I think it's a little of both we may see a a a more uh villainous side to montez ford i don't think so i just think it's him getting a little over aggressive that's all and that could lead to uh, like i said they're planting seeds here whether they take fruition or not it could lead to them splitting up or just becoming more like uh good friends who Occasionally tag together, but have singles matches. Uh, Do they end up more like a, a, um, you know, um,
0: Apollo Creed?
2: Yeah, like a New Day kind of thing. Um, Who knows? And that's the beauty of it. There's so many different directions you can go with this. And Angel Dawkins tonight showed that he can go as a singles competitor because even in a loss, as uh, as you know, people like to say he got over without going over.
1: Now, Justin. Two weeks ago, I'll be honest with you, I would have said this is probably nothing. Don't think about it. But today we saw that little Easter eggs and little nuggets of things can play out over a long time. Is Seth Rollins winning with the pedigree something to watch?
0: Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know, look, just based upon the context of which he's loaded that question with, it, it certainly could be. Um, Maybe bet right now, and I say no. Uh, only on the, you know, he you, he kind of adop, you know he did kind of adopt the pedigree after his storyline with Triple H and being the guy, and he, you know he, it you know, it seemed like that he just kind of worked that into the, the repertoire. And you know, look, Triple H, um, if it wasn't clear before that he was going to be one of the few wrestlers that says I'm retired and actually stays retired because of, of course of the unfortunate health scares he has. Now beyond the health. He's the guy. He's the guy running the ship now, day to day. So I, I really don't see. There's not a payoff. I don't. What I'm saying is I don't see Rollins using the pedigree, and we have a mania match coming between he and Triple H. Like I, I do think that um, you know, H A-H is going to stay retired because he's got bigger <laughs> things to do now. He's got to run the company. Um, you know, but 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 to, but I guess just to entertain your your point, Jack, maybe you know, maybe there's not a match with. Seth and Triple H, but if if um, if Seth wants to keep using that move, and if somebody, by way of representing Triple H or by being a Triple H guy, whether it's a Riddle, whether it's a whoever, I mean, I so I guess you could always go down the path. I guess, really, the great answer is based upon what we're seeing tonight. What we saw tonight, and we haven't really even got into it. Based upon the Easter eggs and little nuances of storytelling, anything could be possible. And again, that's it. That is just so refreshing that. Um, they could have started planning the seeds for something that might not culminate until Rumble. We don't know, and that's that's so awesome.
1: Yeah, it's it's exactly what especially if you're gonna have a three-hour show, making sure everything matters is so key. Uh, and something we had, we had a I don't know if I'll call it a squash match, but we had something that happened very quickly, and I love that this happened quickly: Kevin Owens versus Ezekiel. Owens just comes out and crushes Ezekiel, and uh, it's over. I feel like in the old days, we would have watched this for 20 minutes before someone did something and ended the match, where this was just kind of bing, bang, boom, done. Uh, Jimmy, did they just kill off Ezekiel?
2: Um, You can make that argument, but I love the fact that it was quick, it was to the point, and Kevin Owens made it look vicious. And, you know, the, the referee stoppage and that sort of thing. It is something completely refreshing, completely different, completely. I don't want to say it's not new. It's just we haven't seen it in, in, like in this form or fashion in a long time. And you can make the argument that, yes, they're kind of writing Zeke out of the picture, maybe temporarily. And <clears throat> for a little time, uh, his brother shows up to avenge, <laughs> to avenge him or something like that. But at the same time. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of the Zeke thing. And I, the only reason I was being entertained was, by it was because of Kevin Owens, because Kevin Owens was making it work. So mm-hmm. if they go back to him being Elias, that's the character I like so far from him. So uh, if that comes back, and that leads to that, then I'm all I'm all happy for it Happy.
1: Is there a positive, Justin, to take away from the fact that they uh, they kind of are wrapping up the Ezekiel-KO story? If this is the end, they wrapped it up. They actually tied a bow on it because KO just took out
0: Ezekiel. That was my exact note was it felt like they were killing off Ezekiel. Um, but I, I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think uh, kind of to what Jimmy was saying, you know, the Ezekiel thing worked for far longer than I thought. But it worked because his foil was Kevin Owens, you know, so just enraged. <laughs> at the um at, at, at the notion that this could be you know that he and Elias could be two different people and but it's like how far do we run with that you know I mean mm-hmm. so again if if the goal is um, let's get back to Elias with that and we and I and we talked about this many times the Elias character I mean John Cena segments Kurt Angle segments Jeff Jarrett segments Undertaker segments Alan Rawls and Manias like a, a huge deal so. Uh, and, and, and hung with those veterans and legends. Mm-hmm. So um, I do think this is probably, again, another exit strategy of, okay, let's get rid of this. We have no other plan for it. Uh, let's keep Ezekiel and Elias off TV maybe for a few weeks, let people kind of reset and have Elias resurface at the right time. Uh, and, and I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that's probably the, the way to go here um, because, again, what what else was – I mean, who knows what Vince's creative. Was of <laughs> Elrod and other brothers, and you know, and who knows? Maybe it would have worked. Maybe it won't. We that's probably something we'll we'll never know. Maybe there'll be a uh, tales from the territory one day about that. <laughs> but for now, let's go with what we can control, which is we have a really talented performer, but he got more over performing as Elias. So let's get back to that.
1: Mm-hmm. I would love to see the eventual like multiverse of madness. What would have happened if Vincent Mann played this out and see where exactly he thought this was gonna go well, but,
0: but you know what, Jack, you joke, but that that eventually is going to be one day. I don't know mm-hmm. if it's a year from now, five years, ten years, twenty. One day, this time, and maybe they even pull some footage right now mm-hmm. of podcasts of pundits like ourselves, one day this summer. Of 2022 is going to be the focal point of a documentary, mm-hmm. of of what is going on, and then the wrestling business. Um, WWE obviously focal point with the, with the transition events and Triple H, but you know AEW and their growth and and, and growing pains, and the, 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 everybody's cutting the cord every single day, and TV deals are going to have to be. This is going to be one day a huge focal point of of what uh, of of history in the wrestling business. So one day we might actually get somebody who's in the know that goes on camera and does a testimonial and say, "Well, yeah, you know, Vince had this thing where there was going to be six brothers and sisters in the uh, Ezekiel Elias family. You know, we might find out one day."
1: I can already see the Brady Bunch style intro with the different (laughs) Elias Ezekiel's looking at each other. Uh, but you're right. I mean, if we look, look at how many, you know, Monday Night War attitude era mm-hmm. documentaries and things look back, So you're right. We probably probably will eventually see something like that. Um, we move on, though, and we get to a bit of Judgment Day stuff and mm-hmm. Edge apologizes for what happened last week and Dom isn't buying it. Uh, they get into a shoving contest and Dom decides not to show up for the match between Ray and uh, Finn Balor. Damien's trying to help out Finn Balor until Edge gets involved and chases off Damien Priest, but it's Rhea Ripley Ra- coming out with Dom just draped over her shoulder that adds a distraction, and mm-hmm. Finn capitalizes on it and gets the win. Uh, this is... We talk about three-on-three. Three. This is sort of perfect booking, in my opinion, because all three of each group seem to be pairing off perfectly into their own little rivalries, Jimmy. Uh, mm-hmm. And I want to talk about... Uh, First off, Damian Priest versus Edge. I don't know if the plan all along with this was to get us to eventually Damian Priest versus Edge. But I feel like this is perfect because Damian Priest feels like he actually has a chance against Edge. And when I say this guy has a chance against the Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. something must be working, right?
2: It is working. And, and we're seeing a little bit more f- from Damian Priest as it is right now in, in this incarnation of him. He's getting to project more of his character and, and it's, it's a little more, it feels more natural. Let's put mm-hmm. it that way. Com- the, the way it's coming out now. And I like the idea of, of of the three versus three and having Rhea Ripley as that question mark in the, in the three versus three. And people are saying, Oh, but you know, in WWE, they don't do male and female, you know, confrontations, but this could open a potential door for a, a one time situation where they could have a triple threat match. You know, mm-hmm. Judgment Day versus the Mysterios and Edge. But at the same time, they're also planting seeds here where, you know, Ray was trying to tell Dominic, look, it was an accident. Calm down, my son. Which, you know, maybe Dominic starts to get that feeling like, hey, you're siding with your old buddy here instead of your own family and maybe causing a rift there. Like I mentioned last week, where, You know, maybe the goal is eventually at WrestleMania long-term storytelling is to have father versus son match in L.A. Mm -hmm. You never know where it's leading. And that's the beauty of it. You don't know exactly where it's leading. It leaves you question marks. But uh, uh, at the same time, there's so many possibilities that can work here.
1: Justin as people seem to be growing out of this judgment day group and it's funny because a few a few weeks ago I I thought judgment day was on on fumes already but now I'm like this is working in so many ways Rhea Ripley is becoming the kind of star I did not expect for her to become just by joining a group right now uh her taking out Dom multiple times I feel like she's the leader of this group am I wrong in thinking that I mean Uh, I get that Finn feels like he's supposed to be because he's he's the former champion all that stuff but I feel like Rhea
0: Ripley's the the one holding this thing together. You see, and to me, I look at Priest as the subtle leader. Since Edge has been gone, um, you know, first off, I think Rhea looks the part and she fits this group. Okay, I think I think this has been the most um, Rhea Ripley has felt accepted and fit in since she has been on Raw or SmackDown. Um, it is this group? Uh, so that's good. Um, I like that they're building to Toronto Edge and, and Priest. Um, I like the fact that I feel like Priest has a chance to win. Um, or if he even if he doesn't, that he's going to get over without going over. Um, mm-hmm. I, I got to disagree, uh, I think, with Jimmy here in the sense of that on the pairing off. Um, I don't think, you know, I don't think this is doing Dom any favors. This, you know, like, so we look at this, I just don't like we look at the situation tonight. I, unless there are more Judgment Day members in the dark that have not been exposed. Uh, Edge is out there fighting off with Priest. Finn's in out mm-hmm. there in the ring with Ray. So we're meant to believe that Rhea again just beat the shit out of Dom. <laughs> now, I just I don't like long term. What does that do? F- like again, if, it, if if there was a thing of where like okay, no, um, Ray went out and said, "No, son, I'm going to do this myself. I'm, I'm going to be the heroic father." Mm-hmm. And if Ray was out there fighting Finn. And if Priest was not seen and Rhea was not seen, and again, maybe there's others in the shadows, okay, logic can say that like Dom got gang jumped by a mm-hmm. bunch of people. Mm-hmm. But as far as we know, Rhea just beat the hell out of Dom again. And then she was also the one that restrained him, I believe, the week before. And, you know, WWE doesn't really do intergender and whatever. So I it, it, it just, this just doesn't, for Dom, if Dom's supposed to have a career for the next 20 years in the company, this just doesn't really look good for his credibility that.
2: He's just,
0: you know, I don't know.
2: No, I get your point, but at the same time, if they maybe if they had built up Rhea to be more in, in the in the uh, form of a, chi- a present day China, it would be more believable. I don't think, I think that's where they were thinking of going with it. It didn't quite accomplish it. Well, with they need know. to,
0: yeah, to that point, they need, they, they haven't up to this point. I mean, Rhea, Rhea's good size. I mean, she's not mm-hmm. quite China, but they, right. so they need to give Rhea, um, Give her give give her a gimmick, give her a weapon, right. give her something to where like no matter what gender you are, you're gonna take out. The, like give her a stun gun, right. give her a give her a kendo stick, give her a chair, give her a give her something to where like she automatically has an advantage over anybody, male or female. That's I guess, where I'm kind of struggling. I just looked when I saw Dom just get kind of dropped out, than, I'm like, man, I'm never right now gonna buy into Dominic Mysterio ever being in the main event of WrestleMania against <sighs> another the dude. Could
1: I make the argument? that dominic mysterio's whole gimmick is that people beat him up Hmm. because i can't remember a time he was part of a rivalry where he
0: wasn't just getting beat up
1: Hmm.
0: and his dad saves him but what does that do i mean unless he unless that is all the fuel for a heel turn what does that do for his long i mean this guy this kid's in his early 20s i mean so i mean how rare is that? i mean normally you go through developmental you go through all the the whatever how rare is it to be on Raw or SmackDown consistently like he is, and be in your early twenties? Um, That's true. That you you know, so true. it's like you kind of had this special situation here. But I don't feel like I don't feel like Dom's going to be doing things like Austin Theory has done or Randy Orton once did. I, like yeah. right now, I feel like Dom is just this. I feel like the moment that Rey Mysterio says, "Okay, I'm retiring and right off the sunset," that mm-hmm. so Dom's just going to kind of be uh, yeah. just discarded.
2: Not, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough, but I, I still I think that it it can be salvaged at least the, for you if if they do it, you know, again anything is possible. But uh, I I don't have as much of a problem with it as you, as you do because I don't see Don at this point being that guy yet.
1: Anyway, yeah, I guess I don't like I said. I just he always gets beat up, so him getting beat up now feels like yeah. Of course, he's getting beat
2: up, and I feel bad saying that because I remember when he was just this tall, though. Little... <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, so I don't know. Um I, I get what you're saying, though. I think it's going to take a long time. For for me, it's going to take a long time for even if he's not getting beat up, for Dominic to
0: be redeemed as a serious, credible threat. I, I don't know what the future of NXT is going to be. Again, now, now that H is back is in charge of everything, and mm-hmm. so I don't know if they're going to continue with NXT and its current. But I, I really would consider letting Dominic reset and do NXT and try to re – I really would consider that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, we did get a, a chat, a super chat that I accidentally uh, showed instead of starred. But uh, Peter in the chat, our old pal mm-hmm. Peter says, Off-topic, Jimmy, why aren't more former wrestlers becoming refs? Uh, Nunzio was one example. And uh, Danny Davis from the 80s. Have wrestlers approached you about it?
2: Uh, no, no wrestlers have approached me about it. But the, I think in today's day and age, because uh, using former wrestlers as referees kind of takes the spotlight away a little bit. It, 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 as I always say, the referee is supposed to be invisible until he needs to be visible. He's there to help the talent tell their story. And if you are a name a, a recognizable figure in the background because people used to remember back in the day, Oh, that's Danny Davis, the referee. He used to wrestle or nuts. Nunzio. He used to wrestle Teddy it, long, Teddy long, the same thing. That's why he went from, uh, from referee to becoming general manager of SmackDown because ooh, he was a good talker too. You know, Teddy was, a. He was a <laughs> but I think it's more because they are too recognizable and you don't want your referees to be a focal point until they need to be.
1: Yeah. Also, I am. I I guess when I first uh, read that question, I was trying to imagine like Bobby Lashley being a referee mm. <laughs> and, like towering over the other yeah. wrestlers. Yeah,
2: you're in the corner. And he tells you to break out. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, sorry, they, yeah, everyone breaks the holds yeah. at one.
2: The one, the one. Yeah, the one I want to see referee is Haku. <laughs> yeah,
1: like, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You you don't you don't wait till five to break that hold. You just yeah. do it as soon as he asks you to. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then you apologize um we move forward and we get uh the the first of the women's tag team championship tournament matches EOSky sky and dakota kai beat tamina and the 24 7 champion dana brooke this one i thought was actually a lot more competitive and interesting than i thought it was going to be i thought this was, this was actually a lot a lot of fun um and jimmy i'll start with you uh are bailey's girls the favorites now that they got the win
2: I, have, I think they have to be considered one of the favorites because, obviously, they opened the show with them. And, and there's a big focal point now on the, on the women's division. They're putting a big spotlight on it. And one of the things I like is they're not shoving too many women on the show. They're giving you just enough to want to see more. And this match was very good. The women worked well together. They told a great story in the match. They had a good match. And, and uh, it, again, they're making me interested in this tournament, and that's the goal. And 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 I think Sky and um, Kai. Uh, Kai, Sky and Kai, Kai and Sky, Sky and Kai. <laughs>
0: Yamaguchi-san, oh, Kai and, and Sky. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs>
2: Tremendous. Yeah, Kai and Kai. That's all we need is Funaki and uh... anyway, never mind. Uh, but uh, Naka, no, Naka, but they, 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 yes, they've got me interested, and that's the goal. Uh,
1: now, Justin, the the big story obviously is that the uh, Kai and Sky have moved forward in the tournament, but. I got to get your perspective on something. I'm sure you noticed it as well. They went out of their way to acknowledge that 24-7 championship, which tells me they are not done with it, and something is going to happen with it. Uh, do you think? Do we see a new golden era of uh, the 24-7 championship? Do you think it will get written out? What, what do you think the future is with
0: that? I, I don't know what the future is. I, I, I personally think that they need to have Dana Brooke just uh... – a Lunder blaze that damn thing and put it in the Mm. the garbage can publicly. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I mean, but I do think that Kai and sky is, they have to go to the finals at least on Mm. their side of the bracket. Um, there's been a lot of scuttlebutt that triple H has gotten Sasha and Naomi back. Mm. Of course they, they walked out famously on the back in May under the controversy of the booking of the tag women's division. So, wouldn't that be something to have them, you know? You think we crown a winner and then have them, you know, resurface? So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to this tournament. Um, but yeah, I think Kai and Sky have to be favorites to go to the finals. Uh, but, the, you know, a lot, again, a lot of different directions they can go in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, again, and, and, and again, does it, is it, is, it, is it culminating at the Clash of the Castle? Is it the Raw after? Is it the Raw before? Mm-hmm. What have you?
1: uh dylan matthews in the chat the GIF king by the way uh, always has fun gifs of the shows uh, says uh i have a feeling that stark and nikita are decoys uh, i think maybe alluding to what you're saying justin about maybe that's where sasha banks and uh naomi yeah. might be making return to hmm. sneak in there uh dylan let me know in the chat if i'm if i'm reading what you're saying correctly there uh you don't have to do a super chat just let me know if i'm uh on the right path. But my my question about that is cuz I have seen people talking about that. Uh from what we've been told on TV, if we're not looking at all the stuff in the news, isn't it kind of weird that the tag team champions would drop the titles and leave only to come back to get into a tournament to become the champions?
2: Yeah, it would be weird, but the, the this is extenuating circumstances for lack of a better term. You know, they 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 left uh, <clears throat> Under um, undesirable circumstances on their behalf, and now them ironing out the differences with with the new regime. uh, Maybe it is. Uh, I think it's either Sasha Naomi or things might get toxic,
1: Jack. So, yeah, Dylan says it's either Sasha Naomi or things might get toxic, Jack.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, to be fair, (laughs) since since the whole walkout from (laughs) Sasha Naomi, the the women's tag titles have been it's been just been null and void. So, right. you know, we could even be, again, if Sasha and Naomi, you assume we're going to come back as baby faces because they're going to have the the crowds adulation. you know, you can have a uh, Dakota Kai and, you know, EO sky win, and then immediately just be challenged by Sa- the banks and Amy saying, mm-hmm. no, no, we're the real, you know, and you just have a kind of like almost the case of an interim versus the real champ type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I mean, that, that's, them
1: coming back is a win for WWE one way or the other. Oh, absolutely. I'm absolutely. not, I'm not arguing that. I'm just, yeah. if I'm nitpicking, you know. Yes. And, and Jimmy, to your point, I get it. Things are different, and we're just kind of like yeah. getting into a new direction. But if I'm being that guy, that's like, it's kind of weird that they would have, because they've told us they dropped that on this. If we're just looking at TV, they told us they dropped the titles and left. So if they come back and there's still not even new champions left, shouldn't we? I don't know. I'm, no. I'm overthinking it. Uh but uh, uh speaking of overthinking it, Jimmy. We did have a quick segment. I just I was you know what I was actually even just gonna mention this as part of the Kevin Owens match, but there's a little thing that happened in the background. And I want uh you just speak quickly on it. Uh Kevin Owens, he has a little interview and basically just tells Kevin Patrick that he's reminding everyone who he is because there's new people in charge and it's mm-hmm. still the KO show, and mm-hmm. it was cool. But I don't know about you. My eyes were in the background the whole time. It, what looked like a car accident, and maybe dewdrop and Nikki Ash back there um, hmm. is. Uh, tell me, just kind of uh, now. More stuff will happen, but just as you were watching this, what was going through your head?
2: No, I just again, it was a distraction. And and Kevin Owens is very good at getting me invested in what he's doing. And he's been good at that for a long time now, kind of like he did in that that, that segment with Zeke and getting you know the mileage out of that. Uh, I I didn't know what to make of it. I really didn't know because it, instead of focusing on what Kevin Owens is saying, I'm thinking what's going on in the background is. And it, 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 now you're starting to think was. Is it, if this was an accident and it wasn't supposed to happen, then how come it aired? Is this live? Is this pre-taped or something like this? You know, it's, it's, things start going through your mind. So it didn't, I don't know if that was the desired effect they wanted, but it, uh, it got me not thinking about Kevin Owens. That's for sure.
1: Well, and, and again, we'll talk a little bit more in depth about it, but obviously there was the surprise of, of Karrion Cross on, uh, on SmackDown and uh, there's just sort of this air of anyone could show up, anything could happen. That's what's kind of happening in WWE now. And even if you don't follow what's going on in the world of, of pro wrestling, I mean, if you've been watching the past two weeks, you kind of get that feeling like things are, are changing suddenly. Uh, Justin, I just want to kind of talk to you about the idea of them planting something. Because clearly there was a car accident by them. Clearly we were supposed to notice that just the idea of WWE going back to these little Easter eggs and things going through that you kind of catch and go, well, what is that? And getting your attention. And I don't know. It's just cool. I I wanted to bring it up.
0: (laughs) It's great. You know, I mean, I think the biggest critique that we would all, you know, probably agree upon with WWE rolling Smackdown creative over the last several years is just lazy and and redundancy, Um, you know, rematches, you know, just no fresh opponents and, Beating the champion a couple times in order to get a, a, a title match against the chain, you know, and, and just again, kind of just, walk, you know, just you know, wash, rinse, repeat. But mm-hmm. when you start to have to make the audience work a little bit to pay attention, you know, again, we all, you know, for 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 the audiences, for the audience of this podcast to peek behind the curtain, um, you know, we mm-hmm. all get on, the three of us get on here, we do a little sound check, we do a little, you know, pleasantries. Mm-hmm. And we talk, and, and you know, all three of us kind of just talked and were fact checking with each other, making sure that we all didn't miss the same things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because th- that was a new thing. I'm like, oh my god! Like, what, did you see what you saw in the background? I saw this. Was that what I supposed? What, did I miss that? You know? Right. Uh, and that's that's great. That that's what this. That's what episodic television is, is supposed to be is not everything needs to be thrown at you in your face and just screamed at you. of This is what it is. You know, if you can get over is coming. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that's, <laughs> that. that's what this, that, that's what this was tonight is. Yeah. yeah. Episodic television.
2: Uh, uh, not to go back to an old show I used to do with the, the former Kyle Edwards way back in the day. But as we always used to say on that show, it's the little things that matter. The little things that the people notice that matter. And that's what we're getting a little more of now the little things that matter.
1: Yeah. Now we're filling in those blanks and it's making it more exciting. Mm -hmm. Um, Something that was exciting today that I think is just, I I, want to gush about this next bit because I loved it. It was um, Champa versus Bobby Lashley for the U S title and Champa starts. He's dedicating the match to Harley Race, who believed in him. He was wearing the Harley Race robe. Um, and, uh, of course, they, the match was fantastic. Big, powerful champ. The feisty challenger using shortcuts. AJ Styles takes out the Miz uh, and chases him off. And there's turnbuckle shots and near falls. And eventually Champa loses. And, uh, and Justin, I, I want to just talk to you about how this is one of those things where when you just – you make it – you just give simple stakes and an an interesting match, and I was spellbound by this. And, like, is Ciampa going to do it? Is he not going to do it? I was into this match where there's no way a few weeks ago, all due respect, I would have cared. But, the, like, the way they just presented it made me feel like this – I have to see this at any moment. This could be
0: it. I loved it. Like,
1: let me hear your thoughts on this one.
0: No, I agree. Uh, th- there was a case – that Bobby Lashley, the very credible U.S. champion, former world champion, uh, would mm-hmm. retain. I certainly bought in that Ciampa's going to take this, uh, and you know, obviously Lashley wins. So, and I, which actually I think is really cool. I, I going into today, I thought Champa was going to win. I did, but I feel pretty good about them sticking with Lashley. He looks the part. He is. Put, he has put so much work in. He is over. He's you know, he's credible, but at the same time, they elevated Champa. Uh, Tommaso Ciampa is no longer now just the uh, guy who was in NXT for a while who's now Miz's sidekick. Mm -hmm. They had people on their feet. This felt like a championship main event match. I mean, so uh, hats off to everybody involved. Of course, Triple H is getting the accolades, but he has a team around him, so Mm -hmm. hats off to everybody involved because they managed to, again, reminded that the U.S. title is supposed to be more important than it's been. Mm-hmm. that Bobby Lashley is the champion and the holder of that important title. Uh, Champa is now, uh, you know, worthy and, 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 you know, let's look at him as, at a higher regard. Uh, I also like the fact too, like this just felt he came out in the Harley race robe. They, uh, I tweeted it and about a minute later, Corey spoke it on commentary, but I'll still run with it. Champa just felt he, he, he had the Harley race connection, which they, they talked about. Tommaso Ciampa also, was trained by Killer Kowalski. Killer Kowalski trained Triple H. So there's just a, this, this. If you are if you're a hardcore fan, as all three of us are, and you are you dig deep in this stuff, there was just a beautiful synergy here of just again anything was possible. And I am going to think more now of Champa, and uh, he have not he did not walk out as U.S. Champion tonight. But um, if we get to the Raw after Clash of the Castle and there's some kind of a tournament or a gauntlet style or who's going to be now in the next two or three top challengers for whatever world title, you can put Champ in there and I won't have any debate because I'll feel like this guy just took the U.S. champion to the distance and this guy was mm-hmm. mentored a little bit by Harley Race, mentored a little bit by Killer he, 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 Again, Jimmy says it all the time and I steal it from him can get over without going over that's the beauty of this art that is pro wrestling
1: and you know that is exactly exactly it and jimmy just to to take it that step further what i loved about this too is if you were the cynical fan and you watched nxt black and gold and you were people talk about can so and so quote unquote make it on the main roster you'd always get the they're too small or they're they can't you know it wouldn't be believable what i loved about this match is you took champa who was always criticized for being too small and put him in there with the biggest bull you could find and champa to justin's point came out looking 100 percent like he could hang with those guys One, even though he was using some nefarious tactics that added to it and i think he's a made man i i think he's gonna have I, I could see him in classics with big names. No problem now.
2: Absolutely. And there were, like Justin said, there were times during that match where you said, Oh, I'm, su- I'm surprised Bobby kicked out of that. You thought, Oh, this is the end. He, they cheated in this fashion. They, 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 you know, swerved uh, Bobby in this fashion. They're going to win this match. So he's going to go over and, you know, Bobby came out looking like a beast, a monster, which is what he needs to look like. But at the same time, it didn't hurt, uh, Tomaso, in the least, in my opinion, and and I and I think you guys can agree with that. And I, I, I think it just helped elevate Tommaso Champa and make people believe that you know you you know you guys know that WWE at one time was considered land of the giants, and if you weren't a big guy, you're not going to get over. But then you got guys like Eddie Guerrero, you got guys like Rey Mysterio, you got guys like Tommaso Champa who can get over despite. Uh, lack of size mm-hmm.
1: and uh you know speaking of land of the giants and uh, guys that don't lack size we had omos in a match against uh two individuals tonight and i've been waiting for this one all night because uh one of the individuals i happen to know slade uh is mm-hmm. a wildly talented individual and i'm gonna put it out there people in the chat can say what they want i think that he may be could have had a chance here tonight. And I worry that maybe his manager was uh, giving him some bad advice going into this one, Justin.
0: Yeah, uh, big shout out. Uh, uh, nice to see. First off, let's talk about Omos. Uh, Omos. Nice to see Omos being put where I think he needs to be put. Let's mm-hmm. go back to basic. Let's go back to some squash matches. Let's go back to the 1991 superstars. And let's, let's just establish the big man who has incredible size at seven foot four. Uh, let's go back to that. Good choice there. But yes, thank you Jack for setting me up. Uh, <laughs> up against Spencer Slade, my current uh my current client, uh, my current Labar guy who I've been, you know, promoting and pimping for the last year uh, across all my platforms. Um just a, you know, a hell of a talent. Uh, again, cheap plug. This kid was born deaf. Was born legally deaf and said you're, he's going to be in special schools and classes and treatment his entire life. Went to public school 4.0 went to college, played collegiate football, amateur wrestler, played in the Canadian football, like, better than everybody. Said F you to everybody. And now here he is out there. Uh, the other guy I want to give a shout-out to, uh, they did not use his his ring name, but his ring name uh, here in Pittsburgh, Mambo Italiano. Mm-hmm. Both trained right here in Pittsburgh. Same place that Ezekiel and Elias both trained. Same place that Britt Baker trained. Um just a name drop uh, I, I was thrilled this was fun this is the right call again for Omas this is where he needs to be let's reset let's get some squash matches let's you know even mm-hmm. even his ring gear the Nigerian giant they got some mm-hmm. even the ring gear felt more in 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 Kumbaya with with in sync with the the, the branding that we're trying to go with but of course again uh go fo- go follow Spencer Slade big shout out he's eight days removed from our last big victory mm-hmm. we had uh here in Pittsburgh um on per review so uh, i just i couldn't be happier for this guy again talking about just sitting sitting on my hands sitting on my mouth and i'd be able to say anything just very excited mm-hmm. to, to see him get this uh well-deserved mm-hmm. few minutes of, of, of tv time
1: big tv time network tv seen by mm-hmm. over a million people today um and I, look he's he's actually just honestly just a great talent and just where can he, they find find you guys if they want to see some of the shows you said uh uh itv or uh where,
0: where, where? I, I, IWC wrestling. It's 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 international wrestling cartel. Um, uh, but I at IWC wrestling is a handle on Twitter. Uh, Spencer's uh, handle and again on Twitter at Slade Wrestler. Uh, you can you can check him out there. Go follow him. I mean, he's just physically you can see he is a specimen. And I and I've again I, and I, I'll say this to him, M- Man Spencer right now, tremendous tremendous talent. Um, Prior to him was Wardlow. Prior to him was R.J. City. Again, all guys that had, you know worked with Brett Baker. All guys and girls are going to do great things. Spencer loves pro wrestling more than anybody I've ever known. If I if I, if, if I text him at any point in the day, this this kid is either working out or he is watching tape. And I don't even say that as a euphemism. You know, the commentators like to say that, "Oh, he's watching tape. He's studying how to counter this." They say it. They, they kind of you know put the story in. When I say he's watching tape, I mean it. If if I talk to him about a match that's coming up, about okay, what do we want to do for the comeback? What do you want to do for your for your? He's going to reference what about this O three match where Kurt Angle fought? Like he is he is a student of the game in the most serious way that he is just studying the best and how he can uh, apply. And again, then taking into consideration the, the life story, the challenges he's overcoming, this is not going to be the last time you're going to see him on a monday night cool
1: very cool looking forward to seeing more of him i I saw him and i I immediately uh popped for him i was excited to see him i was excited to see yet another another labar guy out there doing good things so uh very cool to see didn't go his way tonight but you know what more to come more to come it's okay uh, I want to move on to a quick thing, and Jimmy, I want to get your uh, thoughts on this. Rollins says next week Riddle – or Rollins didn't say that. They tell Rollins that Riddle is going to be back next week. Riddle, uh, Rollins tried to say he's done with Riddle, and then he took a personal shot at his UFC career. Uh, as mm-hmm. things change, are we going to see them – I've always wondered why they didn't talk more about the fact that Riddle was an MMA guy at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think this is sort of uh, maybe them firing uh, Riddle up to be more serious when he comes back?
2: uh we may see a little bit more serious to to riddle uh, only against seth rollins but i think we're going to still get a lot of uh the seth uh the uh, the riddle that we're getting right now uh, maybe just against seth rollins who knows maybe it sets up an uh um i wonder if seth rollins would agree to an mma style match a mixed martial arts style match and i don't think they would do one in the wwe anyways but um
1: Hey, if they get Raw Underground back open, all bets are off. Oh God! Yeah,
2: <laughs> but uh, I don't think this is this is. Uh, I think we're going to see maybe a little bit, like you said, a, a little more serious side. But at the same time, we're still going to get some of that fun riddle that we get because that's what really he gets over with.
1: I guess I was meaning more the um, not super serious, but more into that Kurt Angle like I'm the Olympic wrestling machine that could you know. I'm not just a silly
0: I, guy. I you know, look, I I buy Seth Rollins cuz this is real. I buy him that he is a um, physical freak, you know, in mm. the CrossFit and, and and stuff that I would be puking if I tried mm. to do. Yes. Uh, but but I, I I wouldn't buy the MMA. I wouldn't buy the shoot mm. style. Um yeah. so I, I wouldn't go down that road. I, but I but I like I kind of intrigued by what they're doing here by mm. you know bringing cuz Dana White for those who don't know, Matt mm. Riddle Matt Riddle was on a, on a um a four-win win streak in UFC, mm. and got cut from his UFC contract by Dana White because he had, I believe, he had tested positive for for marijuana, and and mm. and, and Dana White even, and some in some interview, basically Dana White said like this guy just. Dana White said, this guy just blew his opportunity. I'd love to find how the hell he thinks he's going to continue on and make six figures. <clears throat> As someone <laughs> as someone
2: who's met Riddle, I could understand uh, uh Dana White's frustration because he he uh, anyway. He, 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 he walks he's he a, walks, a good walks. dude. He's, he's a no, go. yeah, he goes to really he goes
0: to the dude. beat of his own drum.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: I like I like him too. I, I'm right there with you. I like him too, but he is he's just kind of his own man.
1: Mm-hmm. I do stop every now and again and think to myself Riddle could legit beat up like everybody in WWE outside of a few people, I think.
0: Well, it's why I mean, look, you know, it's why, you know, he 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 was very public in his disdain for <laughs> Goldberg. Uh <laughs> it's just there. You know, look, Matt Riddle had a four uh win win streak in UFC. Who else has ever had
2: that? Hmm.
0: <clears throat> Brock Lesnar. I right. mean, there's the little things there where you're like, wow. you know.
2: F- as long as you, there? as long as you don't get him and Brock on the same charter together, I think they'll be fine. <laughs> uh,
1: mm. Well, we speaking of uh, people with some legit backgrounds, Gable had a mm-hmm. uh, match today against Dolph Ziggler, and a uh, couple things on this one. And uh, Justin, I want to throw this one to you. I love how on commentary they said the winner of this could be in contention for a U.S. title shot because to me. It made the division, it made the match seem meaningful, but it also took me back to a time back in the uh the attitude era. I was talking with my pals about this the other day, about how they didn't actually say who was in the quote unquote like European division or who was in the quote unquote IC division, but you could just kind of tell what matches were for what kind of divisions. And them saying that made me think, oh yeah, this is kind of the quote unquote US title division. And them saying that this could make put them in contention, I felt built that. Uh, you're, I see you're not in your head, so just take it take it away on that. I thought that was a cool thing.
0: Yeah, I don't want to say much more because you actually just painted the, the picture perfectly. It's it, it's it's being able to just frame who's where on the card without having to spell it out. Because let's be honest, if you're not fighting for the world title, you know, all right, if you're not fighting for the world title, you want to be then contending for the next best title, which on Raw's case is the U.S. And so there's this fine line of perception to the audience of. Are they world title main event material? Oh, okay, wait, we don't have a world title on the show at the moment. So they're U.S. material, but that's not bad because that's the, you know, it, it, you you really kind of set it up. They, they've done a great job in just these last few weeks of just, again, making the U.S. title matter more, uh, just putting emphasis and qualification on who gets to be involved. And for the fact that we saw a U.S. title match an hour earlier, and now an hour later, uh, Excuse me. Hour later, we're getting a grudge match because Miz or uh, uh, because you know Dolphin, Mm -hmm. like that. that, This was kind of a beauty, Mm -hmm. a a beautiful thing. The way they 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 pulled this off Uh, again. Mm -hmm. uh, I I don't want to sound like I'm Triple H brown nosing, but I guess I just Mm -hmm. am. I just Mm -hmm. just 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 simple refresh things are, are going a long way, and and I thought this was well done.
2: The the kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah.
0: Yeah. and yeah because it, it by just
1: mentioning that and you thinking okay like because if if this was just a random grudge match i'd say who cares who wins it doesn't matter mm-hmm. but just that little line made me go oh, oh this wow. might matter it does matter and and jimmy something that happened during this match the story of the actual match was was clearly uh Dolph getting that gutsy win from having the limb worked and mm-hmm. really i think establishing to us that we're supposed to love Dolph, and Gable's still a jerk, but they're actually getting us to cheer for Dolph Ziggler, which is kind of crazy when you think about the history that Dolph Ziggler's had.
2: It is crazy, but at the same time, he has that certain appeal to him. And tonight, there, it was uh, uh, more re- reminiscent, if I like may, of a little bit of HBK thrown in there, if you know what I mean. But except for the fact that a lot of the match had a lot of very for lack of a better term, Greco style wrestling, which I enjoyed. I thought was very interesting because it was a different feel from everything else on the show, from every other match. Nobody else was doing that kind of thing. This had a different feel. I don't know how much the audience liked it because they seemed a little quiet, although they were into Dolph. They still seemed a little quiet, not quite going, ooh, I didn't expect Mm -hmm. this style of match from Dolph. Dolph is very flashy, you know what I mean? But uh, I like the fact that they did keep it wrestling, and then, you know, told the story, worked a body part, and then Dolph wins with a great wrestling move, pro wrestling move, the mm-hmm. super kick. And, you know, and we didn't get the kick out from that, which makes me think, hmm, are they going that route with him?
1: Uh, well, we'll see. I would be all for Dolph Ziggler versus Bobby Lashley if that is what they're doing. Um, we had a backstage segment that was uh the women's tag teams for next week kind of doing a little bit of trash talk, which I thought was kind of cool. But we saw some chaos backstage as some security guys were running around. And Justin, again, going back to those um those little uh, Easter eggs, this is where when I'm at this point of the show, obviously, we'll get to the, the main event and what happens at the very, very end. But at this point of the show, I, I'm remembering there was the car accident thing. Now people are running around backstage. As AJ is going to the main event, and I'm starting to go, ooh, something's going to happen. Something's happening here. And they've they've built me up without even realizing that I I didn't realize I was getting hyped up for this. And it was just, again, speaking of brown-nosing, I'm brown-nosing all over the show, too. But this was great. I I see those guys run by. I'm like, ooh, something's happening. What's going to happen? I'm getting pumped.
0: I'll just deflect my comments so I don't uh, blow my entire argument uh, once we get to the, the finish here. I'll just I'll just say this. Uh Triple H has said it many times. He said it most recently in an interview. He said it he said it to me before in, in an interview. He's all about equating to what they do is to movies. I'll leave it at that. And then we'll get mm-hmm. to the finish uh, of the night. And it's all about <clears throat> movies. Mm-hmm. Um before we get to the end, uh Jimmy,
1: just any thoughts on that backstage segment you want to you want to pull from?
2: Uh, no, it's just again, little things that happen that make you go, hmm and make you interested and go, I wonder what happened there. What's going on? They're getting you interested with these little things.
1: Um, In the main event, uh, before we do the big thing thing of the main event, I just had to question myself, Jimmy, and and you're a ref. You've been in the ring a lot. You've seen a lot of stuff happen. I got a question Mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, In a a match with no rules, do rule breakers have an advantage or are they at a disadvantage now that everyone's equal?
2: Uh, No. Uh, Like you said, everyone is equal because uh, contrary to popular opinion, uh, good guys know how to use weapons too <laughs> so it, that, that's the fun part about it and and the, the, the main the main job of a referee especially in a match like this where they do use certain uh, inanimate objects to inflict physical pain on each other just keep an eye on things make sure everybody's okay and safe and getting their time cues correctly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, we get into the match and it's uh, another good one and back and forth. Lots of moments where I thought this is it. This is the end. Uh, AJ ends up getting the win and uh, even after fighting off Champa, and but the story is just commotion in the crowd that I think left everyone asking questions. Uh, take it away. What, what exactly happened?
0: Yeah, so if you're watching from home, you're watching from the hard camera perspective, if you're looking at your TV, if you miss this, or if you're going to go watch Raw after you listen to this, uh, looking at your screen, look at the 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 right side. Look at the top right side in the corner. And um, there, there was commotion. You can watch the fans start to all turn their heads. AJ Styles then moves to that corner, that top right corner, and he even looks in. Now, again, just to peel the curtain back... Uh, there's been times, many times over the over the course of wrestling, if, if, if somebody's trying to jump the barricade, if somebody's had one too many brewskis or you know whatever, um, normally you know you don't you don't acknowledge it, right? That's that you just don't give them the acknowledgement, the credit, you know, the, the the talent for their own safety doesn't acknowledge it. They just try to stay as far away from it as possible, and that's that. But the cameras are making a point to leave it in the background. AJ Styles is moving to that corner to to acknowledge it. So this is all kind of just peering in this matters for the story. Yes. Uh, you can see security has somebody down of there pinned and trying to gain control, trying to handcuff, basically gain control of. And again, if you watch close enough, the, camera, the this one camera shot stays. WWE is very good at quick camera cuts, but they stayed on this one roving shot following AJ in the ring and always kept this incident in the background. And at one point, the, the the subject, the, the person who security has been detaining, gets up on their feet. And you can see their face in the backdrop. Uh, and if you look close enough, you probably recognize the face. The crowd there in Cleveland, of course watching this, they react and get a huge buzz. If you listen even closer, Corey Graves on commentary is like, wait, was that so-and-so? And it certainly looked and appeared to be Dexter Loomis. Of course, mm-hmm. Dexter Loomis was a huge character in NXT. Was associated with, you know, Johnny Organo, Indy Hartwell, with Champa. You know, all, so a lot going on here. And as we've mm-hmm. talked about tonight, maybe Triple H is you know trying to right some creative wrongs or or what have you. Uh, and then we go back to car crashes or whatever. It seems like there's a thread here that Dexter Loomis, the mm-hmm. psychopath that is Dexter Loomis' character was trying to get in on Raw uh, and and, and use, use several methods to do so, and, and, and this was his final attempt. So, again, as we all talked about, you could not turn away from this episode. You needed to be paying attention. Don't go to the bathroom. Don't look down to write a note because you might miss something. Mm-hmm. Which by
1: the way I was And I looked up and I see this commotion I, I had to rewind it And I was like wait mm-hmm. well, what, what happened What did I miss uh, Jimmy again to, to Justin's point All this stuff is possibly Leading up to this but what I love is that I'm still left with this question of
2: But what was Dexter Loomis trying to do Exactly they're making you Want to tune with a bunch of stuff Tonight they're making you Talk about next week Here's what we're getting next week What's going on next week? And then this one leaves a big question mark going, Dexter Loomis showed up at the end of that match. Why would he show up now? And why is it AJ Styles? This is very interesting. I want to hear possibly what he says. If if he is there next week, does he show up? Does he show up in the crowd? Does he come through? You know what I mean? Leaves question marks. It makes you want to tune in. And that's the beauty of it. And if I can, for one second, I want to give a big shout out to someone who over the years has been Uh, underappreciated by a lot of the audience. Uh, Miz, Mm -hmm. Miz is just uh, as someone who was there the day he got banished out of the locker room to see where he has gone today. Uh, I wish I had a hat on. Huge hats off to you, Miz. Man, you, you he's just when he, you know, they say AJ Styles is phenomenal, Miz is phenomenal as well, doesn't get enough credit for it.
1: One hundred percent. He's one hundred percent gonna be that guy. We all frown on the Miz, but when he's gone, he's gonna be that person. Everyone looks back on. I was like, I really like the Miz. You know, Miz is mm-hmm. great. Miz. He's gonna be like the Mister Perfect of the next generation. Where I was like, you know who should have got more credit when uh, they were around? Mm-hmm. I think the Miz. The Miz is the guy. Uh, I think also. uh And I don't know if you guys caught this, but Loomis did have a connection to Johnny Gargano and they were in Cleveland. So I wonder if that'll be a, ah. uh, a thread that they pull. But again, that's that now I'm filling in story. Now I'm like, Oh, well, what if this is happening? What if that's happening to you guys point? Like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm trying to figure this thing out. And now I, can, here I am. I can, I'm saying I can't wait for Monday um, and uh, to see what happens next. And and beyond that, and I'm like, well, I wonder if they're going to do some stuff on SmackDown. I better turn into SmackDown too and see if, if that happens. But uh, just, right now i don't know if it's just the the new car smell but wwe just seems to be firing on all cylinders it's it's i'm actually like really looking forward to each, each episode now i'm excited about it and i don't know i'm i'm just jazzed about it i'm excited i don't know i, I don't even really know if there's anything else to say any final thoughts on the show we've we've got an hour and a half
2: no uh i i enjoyed the show very much and then And like I've said before, and I've probably said it here, if there's one person I think that is going to be very good at meshing old school with with the current uh, um, likes and dislikes of uh, wrestling fans, I think Triple H is in tune with that right now and and can mesh the two together very well.
1: Justin, how many weeks are going to go by before you're the one everyone says uh, loves everything and it's not me anymore?
0: (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah well, look the way they're going only a matter of time no i mean like i've always been a big you know i've always been a i've always been a triple h supporter mm-hmm. i i, I don't, just I, that is what it is i've always been a fan of his
2: does he have a nickname for you i have to ask
0: uh no he i mean whatever we've spoken i mean he, he he's mm-hmm. It's been Labar or, or or JLb has been in there. I mean, it's it's been nothing as good as Corduroy. You know.
2: yeah, uh, I know. No, that's a, it, it, I don't know where he comes up with them. That, it, between him and Chief J. Strongbow, the nicknames are tremendous.
0: Yeah, I, I haven't been given anything super creative from him. He he, he he's, uh. he's cherry picked off of uh, low hanging fruit for me. So okay. My name's Jack Farmer.
1: Tell me about low hanging fruit nicknames. <laughs> I'm pretty, much, mine are pretty
0: much built in. Oh, uh, you're uh, always you're always just the fake sting. That's not <laughs> <fake>. <laughs> <laughs> woo. Uh, <laughs> um,
1: but uh, that does it for us. This was a fantastic episode. Everyone, thank you so much for joining us in the chat. Uh, Tut Graph Dream Realm Studios, Cleveland Rocks. Ricky's Aldebar. Ricky, you always show up late. Are you watching other podcasts? Are you cheating on, on the Wrestling Inc. podcast? Turn off those other guys. Come to us.
2: I may have to do a ref and rant on him then. Refin, mm-hmm. Ref
1: and rants, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Iron Meds, uh, Luf, Luf, Ricky, uh, Ricky's popping you.
0: that. Ricky's popping that blue chew going early on some of the other <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> there you
1: go. <laughs> Ricky, you know I'm just giving you a hard time. Uh, thanks for uh, everything. Uh, thanks for being a part of the show. Uh, thanks, Sergio and Dylan. Uh, before we head out of here, though, Justin, where can the world find you and all the things you're working on?
0: At Justin bar across all the socials, uh, that's that's where I got my thoughts and my schedule here. And again, uh, you know, you can find Spencer Slade and all of our all of our endeavors on the independent pro wrestling scene. Again, working with the future stars, so
1: please check us out. And Jimmy Corderas, where can the world uh, find the Ref and Rants and Corduroy talking his talk?
2: Yeah, all, on all my social media, at Jimmy Corderas, at Corderas on Instagram. And of course, you, you can get your Ref and Rant t-shirts at uh, your favorite t-shirt shop, uh, ProWrestlingTees.com. And uh, you know what? Uh, you can catch me here on Mondays with you guys and, and on Wednesday. Wednesdays with uh, JL over there and Issa. And uh, we talk uh, dynamite there.
1: Yep, we got a whole slate on wrestling. Follow at Wrestling Inc. on social media. You'll get to see us on Monday. You'll get to see uh, the Tuesday NXT show, the Wednesday Dynamite show, the Friday SmackDown and Rampage after shows. And I'm Jack Farmer. You can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. I think that does it for us. Uh, I'm going to hit the uh, end broadcast button now. Right. Bye, everybody. <laughs> when you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do,